1: I'm Hi Marley. Hi! Hi hey, Courtney!
0: We just tie-dyed a bunch mm-hmm. of shirts.
1: We Woo! did. That was fun. Mm-hmm. That was all fun. We did
0: it. We did mm-hmm. it. It didn't okay. take as long as I thought.
1: Yeah. No. Mm-hmm. About 15 shirts. What
0: time is it? Yeah, no, we were we're doing great. Psh, yeah, We kick ass. We did start to almost four tie-dye. Yeah, and it's because I locked myself out of my house. Ooh, <laughs> so yeah. We're like, oh yeah, I lost us about 45 minutes there. Um <laughs> But you've been doing this lately. (laughs) I, the number of times I locked myself out of my house. Oh my god, (laughs) we have to get the hide a key for you. Oh, I do need, I do. I I need a hide a key. I do desperately need that.
1: I used to could send Max through the doggy door to unlock, yeah. Um, not anymore. He's He's I could go through my doggy door, yeah, when
2: it was open, yeah. But now that it's closed Mm because Ace is gone, Mm. there's no climbing through it, but I fit through it.
0: (laughs) I think I've exhausted all of my like. I've taken all the window screens off mm. like, all my windows <laughs> and I could get in and now I just keep them locked. I don't even I'm like so much better at securing my house, unfortunately. Yeah, so, you get a hide a key. Uh-huh. I hide a key. Anyway, anyway, so tie dye. We tie dyed shirts. Every single one is an original original creational, uh-huh. a creational
1: artistic masterpiece yes, yes.
0: <laughs> some of them have like little like like surprises, <laughs> I, it's, it's, Color surprises? it's really exciting <laughs> and uh yeah and they're all gonna be for sale soon yeah. and so you'll be able to get on there and, and yeah choose the one of a kind one of
1: a kind one size, size t-shirt um yeah
0: yeah it's luck of the draw of the i mean draw. well we'll tell you what size it is right it's not that kind of luck of the draw.
1: <laughs> surprise surprise Small! it
0: doesn't fit you no it's um uh, no but it's just like whatever you know pattern happens to be on it is mm-hmm. it's only available in that size at that moment mm-hmm. you're gonna have the arm
1: mm-hmm. rel- wrestle each other yes arm wrestle wrestle all right what are we drinking miss courtney Lots. We are
2: drinking. Yeah, we're really thirsty from being outside. It's hot. Nothing like a good peach tea on mm-hmm. a day like today. And then go ahead and put some bourbon in there. Yes. <laughs> Make sure you use Chilton County peaches for your peach tea. Those are the mm-hmm. best here in yes. Alabama. The peach man comes. The to come peach man. Square. man cometh. The peach man <laughs> cometh all summer long uh-huh. with the best peaches you'll find. Um, It's not as sweet as I wanted it to be. I'm going to put the recipe up. As I made it, oh, I also had to add honey, simple mm-hmm. syrup too. Mm-hmm. so it's a honey peach bourbon tea.
1: You drink it super fast. Yes. yeah, it's like you can it drink it like it's unsweet tea. you just yeah. keep mm-hmm. it's yeah. not your grandmother's sweet tea. <laughs> <laughs> uh, maybe our that grandmother's <laughs> yeah, I'm to it's take that big, back. It's definitely my grandmother's sweet tea.
2: big chunks of peaches and I
1: garnish I just, with basil. And it smells delicious. Mm-hmm. Like you just get that nose of basil and peach. Basil and peach go really well together. Yes, they do.
0: Basil makes me happy. I'm just so excited about my stupid, like two little stupid, like Walmart accidentally gave me two little tiny produce section basil plants. And I was like, fuck it. I'll put them in a pot. They're and huge. Now they're monsters. Oh, and every time amazing. it rains, I get out of my car and I can smell them the coming from my front yard. And I'm like, this is the best thing. And I planted a rosemary bush from a friend of mine recently too. Freddie got me rosemary so I put it in the ground and now I'm going to have rosemary just like you.
2: Yay! I hope mine gets much bigger. Yay!
0: I'm so smell sensitive. Like stuff I am like too. that probably would like drastically change my personal inner quality of life just to have those smells around me. Well uh, well, the
1: thing about the rosemary bush, especially being by the front door, you can like grab it and mm-hmm. rosemary is supposed to give you like clears your mind and give you instant energy when mm-hmm. you smell it. Oh. So I am all the time just like drag either dragging my hand through it or I'll just tear off a leaf and just crumble it and put some behind my ear. I do that too. You know, and just just smell it. It up up your nose. shove it up your nose oh, it's like
0: a little pine bark or yeah, yeah they are pine needles i wouldn't natals. do that yeah <laughs> <laughs> all right oh they do smell so good though
1: but it does smell good but yeah i think it's like proven that it like rejuvenates or it like engages your brain or clears your head or that something. that must be why i like it yes i don't really have a pre-talk yeah. other than tie-dye and
0: mm. we have one thing okay our friend Jeff at Parental Advisory Movie Con uh, Podcast, yes, is celebrating as we record right now, which yep. is uh, June twentieth, summer, summer, summer solstice. Summer solstice. Happy solstice! Yes. Um. He is recording his one hundredth episode, Yay. so he has Congrats. asked asked bartender Courtney to make them a special drink for yes. their one hundredth episode. Andy said you're going to be on the show, right? Right? we think, at some point, At right? some point,
2: yes. He did ask to uh, if I wanted to be a guest on the show. I won't give any spoilers about what we're going to watch, but I will say, if you know me, this is someone I don't usually like their movies, so I'll have a strong opinion. <laughs> Bill Pullman.
0: Ah, uh, that's you.
2: <laughs> <laughs> I was hoping that it'd be her, too. It's <clears throat> <means>
0: Bill Pullman. <laughs> I have a, I,
2: yeah, I have a really strong opinion about most of this person's movies. There are two that I like was it mm-hmm. tom cruise no okay
0: i want to
1: know me too i'm gonna sit here and guess who is it it's oh. a it's a, Sutherland? it's a
2: creator
0: director writer is it the cohen brothers
1: no uh, is brothers. it
2: vince what you might call it <laughs> think of it's kind of he does scorsese no <laughs> absolutely <laughs> not <laughs> you know i love Scorsese. james franco think marley you know this i don't think i've watched enough of this person's (laughs) movies with you and bitched about them M. Night Shyamalan. M. Night
0: Shyamalan. Shyamalan, however you say his name. M. Night Shyamalan. (laughs) You get to watch an M. Night Shyamalan movie for this? Mm -hmm. He has another one coming out, apparently. I didn't know this. Oh, my God. Can I sit in? (laughs) Mm -hmm, Yeah. Is it okay? Uh, Yeah. Uh, uh, Jeff will let us do this, right? Of course. (laughs) Will you watch it, Patrice? Yeah, sure. Okay. I mean, how do y'all We're feel inviting about ourselves Nite on
1: Shaman. the show, Jeff, if you're listening. <laughs> I have no opinion.
0: We've talked about this before uh, because me and Abby did our M night Shyamalanathon. Uh, I don't remember if that was on the it might have been on the after talk. Uh, I can after respect
1: talk. that. I can respect that.
0: You strongly dislike him?
1: Most of them I can yeah. respect that oh. she strongly dislikes them.
0: Oh yeah. Him. I mean I yeah, me too. Six Sense and Six Sense is a great Split. movie. Split. Split's good. split too. was good, but you know why split was good?
2: Well, because of uh, because yes. of James, James, Mac- James McAvoy. Yes,
0: <laughs> I th- I think nothing has been as good as the Sixth Sense.
2: Because even Glass, like I mean Samuel L. Jackson, I mm-hmm. mean in that anyway. Yes, Well, this is not parental advisory movie podcast, but you should go listen to them yes. and hear the drink that I created for them this week for their. 100th episode.
3: 100th which already.
2: Congratulations, Jeff. Yes. It's original. They'll have an, uh, I thought about, like, going, hey, it's easy to make it for both. So, I don't... Because I had to make it to make sure it tasted okay since mm. I made it up, you know, essentially made it up. Mm. So, I drank a... <laughs> picture of something <laughs> yesterday. <laughs> Shared See one with Marlea. So, essentially... Good. Yeah, I drank most of this whole thing. <laughs> I'm like, so, yeah. Hey, it was a Saturday at home, first time in a while, and it was a rainy day. What you gonna do? Organize and drink and watch yep. the Sopranos. <laughs> oh,
3: perfect.
0: <laughs> well, yeah, I think that was it. That's mm. all I had written down as the thing. The thing to make sure we talked about. Yes.
1: And it would already be out because we're about three <laughs> we're weeks behind. So, we're
0: a bit slow. <laughs> That's okay. We love you. We hope you- that you're patient with us. Yes. Oh, we- the last
2: two haven't gone out. No. Oh. Right.
0: As, <laughs> as we speak, cicadas was the last thing that they heard. Right. The A- A- 83. Ooh.
1: We love y'all. We love you. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Alright, let's get this show on the road. So I can sit back and do, drink.
0: Do, 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 do. <laughs> yeah, because I'm second today. Yeah.
1: This is going to be the Edgar Casey part Ooh. two. Yeah. So in episode eighty-five, we talked about Edward Casey Edgar. <laughs> Last
0: time on the strange sound. On America. the strings,
1: right. Mm-hmm. Um talked about ABC. Edgar, which I'm sure I called him Edward at some point and Casey. That's okay. You had to go second. Right. <laughs> <laughs> and uh And we talked about, like, his life growing up in Kentucky. And now we are entering the Selma, Alabama phase of his life, which started in 1912. And the reason he moved down to Selma, Alabama, first of all, is because the business that he was in with his dad, uh, Leslie, and uh, the... Uh, Dr. Ketchum, who was the homeopath person, they were taking full advantage of him. And he was just toxic personalities. And he was done with it. And, you know, getting into debt and and whatnot. But the guy that owned the photo studio said, hey, right now, down in Selma, Alabama, it's Mm popping. And he wanted a photo studio opened up down there. So, um, he he moved, uh, you know, Casey was like, this is a perfect opportunity to get away from, you know, these people. And he went down there and opened up a new studio. And the studio was above this pharmacy. And then he had an apartment above the studio. So, it was like a three-story building. And it was downtown Selma. You could see the river. It was real pretty, and he was there for like a year, so he wanted to fix it up because Gertrude still had TB or was recovering from TB, and um, he wanted to make sure, like, everything worked out, and he had the home set, and he had income before they moved from their family's home up in Kentucky down to some Alabama, and... Like I said, Selma was like the fastest growing city in Alabama in 1912. And so he moved down. Like the second day he was here, he joined the church. And it was like, it was the Christian church it was the church of Christians it was the Christ <laughs> Church of Christ of Christians it was it was not like Baptist or Methodist it was it was something else denominational or it church was, of I think Christ it was non-denominational yeah. yeah like a Pentecostal church no, I don't think it was Pentecostal church, of Christ kind church of was Christ it, it wasn't close to Pentecostal yeah, yeah. it well, was where I came from it is yeah it wasn't church of Christ uh mm. it was it was more I think universal mm-hmm. and they loved him like he was you know, he's this quiet, nice guy who knows his Bible stuff and he instantly fit in and they made him a deacon and he ended up teaching Sunday school there and his Sunday school school class became like the most popular one. It became so popular that people from other churches like the Catholics and the Baptists would come to his Sunday school class. Oh no, that's weird. Yes. <laughs> that's <laughs> that's I mean, that's how, that's how popular it was. And he ran like a youth group as well that became so popular that they started their own magazine and what? that he, he like won a national award for like this group that he created. Holy cow. This dude is just he is unbelievable. <laughs> it is un his this is just unbelievable. <laughs> the stuff that I read that I'm reading like <gasps> while I'm researching about this dude uh it's really crazy. So you know he's getting along great with the church. The photo business is running well. Uh he the people, like, from the church come over and hang out in this photo pa- uh, parlor, and they do, you know, they talk about current events. So he's, like, the happening guy in town. You know, everybody wants to be around him. Um, he really, like, connects with the community and everything, and he's happy. He's away from his dad. He's away from the people who were toxic in his life. So everything's going well. Uh, one week, it's like, it rained for like a couple of weeks, you know, like it does down here. And so he couldn't do a lot of photography for whatever reason. And a woman came in and she's like, look, I need to have a photo enlarged. Can you do this? She's like, the only problem is I have a check that needs to be cashed before I can pay you. And nobody is cashing it for me. So, he takes the check down to his bank, and he's like, you know, tells the story. And the guy's like, I've seen this check three times today already. And he's like, and it's not that I don't think the check's bad. It's like, they wouldn't cash it because they don't know her. Oh, okay. So, it's one of them Southern things. Like, they don't know her, Mm -hmm. so it's not like they can't, like, pick up the phone and call the bank and verify that it's a legit bank or anything. They just don't know her, (laughs) so they're not going to cash it. Well, he talks him into cashing it. He goes back and he's like, "Here's your money." She pays him, and um, everything's great. And while they're talking, uh, she talks about her daughter who has infantile paralysis. Oh, which I don't really know what that means.
0: Like an, a baby baby paralyzed?
1: infantile, yes. And you know, so she's telling him about this, and he's like, "Well, um." Something that I have done in the past that I did for my wife is I've kind of got this ability to help diagnose um, treatments for, you know, sick people. And she's like, I'd do anything. Can I deal? So they get uh, one of the guys from the church that he's friends with, a guy named Butler, and the secretary from the bank to be the stenographer, and a former yeah. army doctor to like interpret the diagnosis. And this is kind of the setup that he starts to have when he goes under to give his, um, his psychic or uses his psychic abilities, his prophecies and stuff. When he goes into his trance, his sleeping trance. So he goes under and, um, you know, tells what she needs to do for her child. And the doctor like okays it and sends off like, the script to the druggist or whatever and they you know the lady does it and her her child gets better Mm -hmm. and the the people that are helping him see this and see that it's happening and this is how things start to like the rumors or the word starts to spread about his abilities is because the people that are helping him go under the trance see that it is legitimately working Mm -hmm. and A lot of the the stenographers that he gets, like not everybody could be a stenographer for him because so much weird stuff happens Mm -hmm. that it creeps a lot of people out. Like they can't, you know, they can't handle like the woo-woo or something. And so he starts to do, like he starts to do more reading. So the doctor that was there to verify the diagnosis diagnosis and then to um write the scripts uh his father uh he, he like contacted casey and he's like my father has this sore on my face on his face and uh it's probably cancer so casey goes into his trance and he's like this is really kind of gross mm-hmm. he's like what you need to do is you need to like it's emulsify or do something with the skin of a rabbit
0: okay
1: and then inject this into your face like it was very specific like like the things that he's supposed to do and so they do all of these things and he injects it into his face and his face heals and gets better and this is like a former army doctor that's doing this
0: oh my god
1: And then the guy that was, that put, because you have to, he has to follow a script to be put into a uh, trance, and then the person has to ask him things while he's in the sleeping trance in order for this to work. And so he had his church buddy, Butler, do this. And so Butler, seeing this happen, and he's like, you know, my sister Flora uh, has been committed to Bryce Hospital in Tuscaloosa. And we can't figure out what what's happened. Why she, all of a sudden she just, she just went insane, mm-hmm. you know, started acting crazy. And so Casey goes under the trance. And in the trance, he says that it's a double impacted tooth. Like her wisdom what? tooth was like impacted. And so they call up there to Bryce Hospital. <clears throat> and they have her teeth x-rayed. And uh, like his sister is like a doctor and she like views the, the, uh, x-ray and that was it. And so they treat that and she was immediately better, like two weeks later. Oh, holy cow. So just crazy shit like starts happening. And so while he's not doing photography now, photography is not his main thing. He starts, you know, doing these trances and, and help and medically helping people. Uh, same thing, uh, Oh, so the Flora case. So everybody hears about like it's it's a teeth it's a tooth thing that's making her insane, which is crazy, right? Mm-hmm. And her case was written up in Selma Times in the newspaper and it like it got around. It was like big news of the times and Sir Arthur Conan Doyle heard about it <laughs> <laughs> and contacted Casey, uh, you know, about this case that he heard about you know over in England or wherever he was so you know Sherlock the writer of Sherlock if you don't know
0: I wonder is that in any of the it's not in any of the stories I guess it it would have said if he used it well he was
1: uh I think um this will come back around because uh Sir um Arthur Dole was friends with Houdini and, like, uh-huh. during this times was, like, the huge, like, Christian mysticism, spirituality thing. And um, he Doyle was very interested in that um, at the time. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, he was, like, looking for it. And he saw, you know, Casey and contacted him and whatnot. Cool. I know. The sky. The <laughs> sky, y'all. <laughs> it's just crazy. So, again... His friend Butler, who became a lifelong friend and supporter of him, contacted him because one of his sisters was supposed to visit them and she hadn't shown up yet and he hadn't heard anything about it and he's like worried about her safety. And Casey went under and said that she was just delayed. she's safe. Don't worry about it. He'll get a letter tomorrow, you know, explaining why she was delayed. And the next day, he receives a letter from his sister saying that she was delayed, and this is why. Hmm. So, like I said, the Butlers, like, became huge supporters throughout Casey's life. And they contact him again, um, because Butler's father ended up having uh, stomach and bladder (laughs) and kidney cancer. And was really sick. And he's like, can you go under and see if you can, you know, do something for my dad? So he goes under again. And he starts talking about, he's like, yes, your dad has cancer. And, you know, it's terminal. It's like, but one thing that you can do is there's a clinic, there's a Mayo Clinic. And if you you need to get an organ, he needs to have an organ transplant. So this is like nineteen twelve. What time? Yeah, it's like early nineteen hundreds. Organ transplants were not a thing until nineteen fifty. So he's like three days before he predates. You know, talking about this process that his dad needs to go to, and they need to like go to the Mayo Clinic and tell them the Mayo Clinic that they need to replace. Of course, he doesn't do that, and his dad dies. Like. In sixty days after, mm. after that, uh, I
0: wonder what happened if he like tried the to go. It would have been like we don't do that,
1: but but I'm sure there'd be like a doctor. Yeah, like if like the guy's already terminal, like, mm. you know, what would it hurt? Mm-hmm. That kind of thing. Uh, and he would get calls. Like he got a call from this woman in Lexington, Kentucky, who heard about his talents, and she says. You know, would you please? Oh, actually, I think it was her husband that contacted him, and, and was like, "Can you come please help my wife? She cannot move. You know, like she's like the bed sheets, like anything touching her skin hurts her, and she's pretty much paralyzed. And the doctor says it's arthritis, but we want your opinion, kind of thing. So he goes up there, and he's like, "Okay, if I come up here, I need these people. I need somebody to be, like be like." the in-between i need a stenographer and then i need a legit doctor to double check because he's he's afraid of killing people mm-hmm. uh to double check my diagnosis and also to help like write and make sense of the prescriptions if like i come up with a tonic or, or whatever and um he he says like you can do it. he's talking to the husband he's like you could be like the in-between guy and the husband, I think, may have been Catholic. And he's like, no, I'm not getting in. We're not supposed to deal with, like, dead people and, ask, you know, stuff like that. And he's like, I'm not asking dead people. It's like, I am connecting with my higher self. Hmm. So I'm not communing with the dead. I'm talking to a higher self that's communicating through me. Hmm. Uh, this guy in Kentucky lived next door Um To uh, this young 20 year old Jewish guy. And he asked him to come over and do it. And the Jewish guy, um, whose name was uh, Dave Kahn, and it's like, Kahn! Right? (laughs) Um, And he's like, yeah, sure, I'll do it. So he comes over and um, Casey goes under and he's like, You've been hurt twice. It's like the first time you like fell or slipped and hit your tailbone like on the carriage getting out of it on the step and then the second time you were in an automobile accident and it's just compacted your back and um, this is your problem so you need a chiropractor and you also need to take these tonics And he like goes and he like, he does the, what he does and then goes through and lists the ingredients and he gives like very specific instructions on when she's supposed to take what and you know, what's going on. And, and he was like, okay, so she does this, he goes back home and like a couple of weeks later, uh, she writes back and she's like, I can actually get out of bed Mm and then i mean she was having she couldn't even brush her hair she couldn't even stand up Damn. and then like you know a couple of weeks later she contacts and it's like i can brush my hair mm-hmm. and then like 6 weeks later she's like i drove my car today kind of deal so she got better and after doing exactly what um he told her to do or hmm. his higher self told him to do
0: hmm. It's just an interesting concept that higher self thing is not what it I yeah. expected to say.
1: It is. It is, um, and we'll, ta- we'll talk. About, yeah. We'll talk about. we'll talk about this too. Um, I learned in diet part and three. exercise also help those back pain things. <laughs> <laughs> right, right. Um,
2: who knew? Who knew? Right. <laughs> twenty
1: first century. Crazy. So David Kahn he becomes fast friends with Edgar. He's like totally infatuated with like everything that Edgar does, um, after experiencing this. And so of course his brother, you know, something's, something's wrong with his family. So he contacts Edgar Mm -hmm. down in Selma and he's like, I have this brother, he has epilepsy and, um, you know, can you do something about this? And so, uh, Casey goes under and he's like you need to do exactly he's like this is going to be difficult but you need to do exactly what I tell you to do here and uh he tries to Dave tries to convince his parents you know that this is at least try you know a legit thing and they wouldn't do it Mm. and so uh his brother ends up dying Mm. but his sister gets scarlet fever and casey's like one of the first people they call and casey's like okay you know he goes under and he's like okay this is exactly what you need to do and they did it and she gets well Mm. so again david's a firm believer now his family eh, i think his mother's okay his dad's still a little skeptical about the whole thing um they they own a family grocery and this is they're in lexington kentucky Mm -hmm. and they own a family business so dave one day calls casey and he's like look he's like can you do your sleeping trance things and give me some information on how i can make my family's business better Hmm. what is it i need to do and this is kind of the first start of Casey giving business advice or life advice instead of just doing the medical stuff. Mm -hmm. So he goes under and he says, you have been using two, one or two pound cans that you ship off to the schools because they provided the schools with their food Mm -hmm. there. He's like, one of the ways that you can save Money and time because they didn't have automatic can openers, so every day they had to open so many cans in order to uh, fix the food for the school. It's like what you need to do is like go to this place in Chicago. I don't think he's ever been to Chicago, but he's like (laughs) go to this place in Chicago, get a one gallon can, and they like we don't we didn't even know they made one gallon cans of these things. Mm -hmm. Get a one gallon can of this food. And that will save time and money and they will come to you because you'll be the only person that provides this. Mm -hmm. And so Dave goes up to Chicago. He meets with the guys. The guys are like, yes, will you be our representative? And he's Mm -hmm. like, yes. And so he comes down, he brings like the train comes and it's filled with like these gallon Mm -hmm. cans of food. And now the, the cons grocery store they become like cisco Mm -hmm. like they start providing all the institutions in the area with like you know large quantity of foods Mm -hmm. that only they can provide because he made a deal with these people in chicago and this was all this is all through what casey has said while he's doing his sleeping prophecy thing weird i (laughs) i cannot like Maybe we'll talk about this in the after show. But I just cannot explain. I'm listening to the book. The book's 24 hours. That's Mm. how long the book is. And it's just story after story of this stuff. So, again, and I I keep saying again. Mm. Once more with feeling. (laughs) Dave asked for career advice. He's like, okay, got we're doing good with the grocery. How about my personal career? It's like, what what do you foresee? He's like, you don't really... Casey goes under, and he's like, you don't really need to, like, commit to anything big right now. Because something in America is fisting to happen, and you are going to be leaving home pretty soon. Um. So this is Casey foretelling World War One, mm-hmm. predicting World War One before it happens. And, and so, um, he's like, okay, that's strange. She's like, I'll just hang around, you know, until, you know, whatever it is that happens, happens. And I won't make any big life decisions right now. After a year or so, Gertrude, his wife and his son, son's name is Hugh Lynn. Um, Hugh like Hugh Hefner Mm -hmm. and Lynn like Loretta Lynn. mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, so Hugh Lynn moved down to Selma. And this was, like, a very profitable time for Casey. Everything's going like it's supposed to go. Uh, After the TV, Gertrude is now on board with the whole psychic thing, with the whole sleeping prophet thing. She helps maintain, like customers and of course he's not getting paid for all of his predictions like his money maker is the photo studio
0: okay because that's what i was gonna ask too because before wasn't it like that he wasn't gonna do prophecies for people's gain or something right right and it sounds like that changed a little bit though because if he's giving business advice he
1: it, gain as for i think it was more of um like gambling like mm. cheating that's gotcha. that's more of the um, the line drawing because it would he would get a sick stomach like it would make him physically ill and he said it mm. was the this he called it the source mm-hmm. um, who was communicating through him and he's like you know the source would like physically tell him that he was breaking the law of whatever mm. you know so. They come down, and their photo, like the photo studio, is doing fantastic. Um, they got into, like, school photos. He's taking photos of the Southern Railroad, um, like all the staff. Like, he does that stuff. He's doing product shots for the grocery stores. Like, his business is taking off. They're doing well. They've got a good life living up in, you know, the third story of the building, building good community life. Church loves them. Uh, Edgar's like juggling a lot but I feel like he's one of those people that constantly juggles mm-hmm. a lot of stuff. Like he's not he's not fulfilled unless he's got a, like three or four irons in mm-hmm. the fire. When, um, when his son moved down, he was a little bit reluctant uh, to move down because he was like Kentucky with his family and all the people that he knew. But he did end up finding his group eventually. However, when he first moved down, the kids at school who heard about his dad teased him and called his dad a freak. And, of course, the the pacifist that um, Casey was, you know, he got called a freak and all that up in Kentucky. And it's just like, he's like, you just ignore it. Mm -hmm. You just don't let it. It's like, it doesn't bother me that they think I'm a freak or that they're calling me a freak but of course being a young you know spunky kid you don't want anybody making fun of you know your family Mm -hmm. and so he started getting into fights well he started getting into fights and he started winning fights (laughs) and he actually you know got good at fighting and people stopped calling his dad a freak because he got so good that they knew that they would get their ass kicked <laughs> and so it's like you know you can call me a freak or call my dad a freak but you're gonna get your ass kicked and so he got that all straightened out um another thing that Hugh said when he moved down it's like he would skip school sometimes and play hooky and go down to the river and go swimming or fishing which was one of his favorite things to do and, and he was talking to somebody it's like i can't do that Because my dad's psychic. It's like he knows. (laughs) And so he found out quick, like living with his dad, because he hadn't been with his dad in a while, that he can't get away with what he did with his mom because his dad knows exactly the place that he went, you know, where he left his clothes by the river kind of thing. (laughs) Which is really funny.
0: That suck. It does suck. (laughs) But man,
1: my dad knows before he even do it. One of the things that Hugh did, being just a kid, right, and getting into things, um, you know, living and being in the photo studio. One of the things that in photography at the time that they used is a something called a flash powder Mm. that they used, you know, to do the light. Yeah, yeah, right, and it creates like that bright light, and then they take the picture, Mm -hmm. and and you know, we have flash now. It's, It's a lot safer. but they used to have you know that powder and of course as a kid that's fantastic like you know it makes a boom Mm -hmm. and it's flash and stuff so i'm a magician (laughs) boom right (laughs) but it's also fantastic for pranks and Mm -hmm. this is what hugh thought he would do so he took the he got the flash powder Mm -hmm. And he put it on the stairs, and he was going to light it and scare <laughs> oh the woman that cleaned, you know, that the sucks. studio or whatever. Dude, Dude, you scamp. Right? <laughs> scamp. Scamp. You rascal. So, he's got the box, and he... He has, like, the flash powder in one hand, and he's got matches in the other. He strikes a match, but he drops the match in the box that he's holding. Oh, my God. And it explodes in his face. Oh, my God. And it burns his eyes and his (gasps) face. It's, like, all on fire. And, of course, Ah. his parents hear, like, this huge boom, and they go in there, and they see, like, you know, just his face on fire, basically. (sighs) Holy shit. So, as any parent do, like, you freak out. Yeah. And they take him on. They were like on Broad Street, which I think is like their main street there in Selma. And so they take him on the street um, to the eye doctor. And the eye doctor is like, you know, he cleans it off and he looks. And he's like, he's probably going to lose his sight. Mm. And so I think he fixes them up. And so they take him over to the, the other doctor um, and the medical doctor. And they're like, is there anything you can do? And he's like, well, you know, they, he bandaged him up as best he could, you know, and did whatever it is that they do. And um, he's like, you know, we'll watch. But, you know, if he doesn't lose or an eye or lose sight in both eyes, it, you know, it'll be a miracle. Sure. Well, Hugh goes. When my dad sleeps, he's like the best doctor in the world. That's <laughs> what he tells these doctors. And so, of course, uh, Casey does his little sleep thing, and he tells the doctors that you know what they did was good. You know, is 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 what they should have done. He's like, but the only thing is, you need to add tannic acid. Tantic acid, uh, tannic uh, Anyway, mm-hmm. you need to like some sort of this acid like all over the face, and then he won't lose his eyesight. Mm-hmm. And it's a really strong, like the the uh, percentage that they have to use is like this really strong. And the doctors like, "Holy, I'm like we're not going to do that." And Casey's like, "He's going to go blind anyway." He's like, "So either you know you try this, and he still goes blind." Or you don't. And he goes blind. I was like, you know, why not try it? It sounds
0: like it would hurt.
1: At this point, the burn, I yeah. think, I, you know, it's burns just, hurt, yeah. right? But it sounds like he was, yeah. I don't know, it sounds like he, I'm sure he was in pain. I'm Rude. sure he was in a lot of pain. Oh, my God, yeah. Um. So they did, they added the acid, the tantic acid, acid and um after a couple of weeks or maybe a, a week or so uh i guess it scabs up and it falls off and he can see again out of both scales eyes. fell off his eyes like it's exactly Jesus. yes the scales oh, fell wow. off his eyes and he can see again so again all this stuff like probably for every story that i'm telling you there's probably like two or three that I'm not telling you or or more during this time. There's so many. I mean, I I left out a couple. um, That's
0: insane.
1: But it's, you know, a lot of this is, you know, just keeps happening and happening. And there's a few times that Casey, like, things happen to him. Like, we had, you know, he has the voice that he loses. Mm -hmm. And he goes under and he, like, prescribes some stuff. Or he goes under hypnosis um, to help uh, he was having a stomach ache in 1914, and he told his doctors about this. He's, he's like, "It." He's like, "I think it's appendicitis." Oh. And the doctor, like, I guess, pokes and pradas, and he's like, "It's not appendicitis." And Casey does his little trance thing, and the source tells him that his appendix is twisted up in something. Oh. and so he tells his doctor that and he ends up convincing him to like go under the knife and like i guess exploratory surgery to look to, to see what's going on with this appendix because it doesn't let up and he's like when you're in there you're also going to see a blood clot and a and something that's the after like kind of the consequence of when he got his balls pierced Oh
0: god i forgot about
1: that right so he has problems (sighs) like like you
0: remember oh yes okay
1: yes and the thing about um the ball piercing episode (laughs) uh when he was young the doctors couldn't do, or didn't know how to do anything for him in that regards, and this is before he was doing his medical trance stuff. Mm-hmm. Actually, this is before any of his trance stuff. Because he was, a kid. He was a kid. make
2: it sound like he went, like, to the tattoo shop, though, and got on pierced. <laughs> oh, no, <laughs> when he Impaled. First thing, was like...
1: His balls were impaled <laughs> yeah, was like, by he a got stick him pierced? or something. Oh, you mean pierced like with a stick. Right. Well, impaled. His balls were impaled. But, um...
0: All the men listening are like, stop!
1: Oh, Body piercings, <laughs> but actually none of the medical doctors could help him. And it was a um it was a black woman that they lived around that took him in and actually healed his balls. <laughs> <laughs> Bless her heart. Black women saving balls. <laughs> she
0: she had medicine.
1: She did. She knew what to do, right? Mm-hmm. People, so they do the the surgery. Mm-hmm. They see so that his going to be a blood clot. Yeah, and... they see that um, you know his appendix is twisted around. Whatever appendices get twisted around, <laughs> and that there is a clot, just like you know damage from being pierced in the balls. <laughs> Sorry, impaled <laughs> in the balls. Injured. <laughs> Injured. Sorry. In the balls. <laughs> in the Ball balls injury in the sack in the scrotum <laughs> scrotum
0: scrotum <Screwed 'em. laughs>
2: injury <laughs>
1: <laughs> does that it's come like, out your nose
0: <laughs> no not yet <laughs> oh no peaches it's like this episode of ted lasso we we're just watching when they keep on saying that words stop having meaning yeah you just say oh scrotum, he's scrotum, like scrotum,
2: semantic scrotum. Um, It's like
0: it just becomes a sound, sound. Mm-hmm. sorry something soma-
2: semantic he
0: had something a, yeah he had a word for it semantic okay. something or other
1: no, I have that a lot. Was another S. Last one, oh, I, I do too. House a...
0: was my most recent. Why?
1: Why? <laughs> I couldn't. Really... I was like, "How do you spell why? Why?" why? why? I was like, "What letters go it into why?" I
0: was like, "Am I saying that right?" <laughs> <laughs> yes. Why? Okay. Sorry. Screwed
1: Screw them.
2: Injury. <laughs> <laughs>
1: This happens, the doctors hear about it, doctors talk. Is it's the South, y'all know. And some Birmingham doctors hear about Casey and I'm like, Hey, it's like sounds like you would make a great X ray technician. Okay. You're in photography. You know how to develop film. You've got kind of this woo-woo thing going on. <laughs> I was like, come over and let's see see what we can do. So he tries his hand at being, you know, at being a x-ray technician the only thing is when he develops like when he does takes the picture everything every time he does it even though he does exactly what the other people do he gets a double exposure on it so he could not like he obviously couldn't well he didn't need the job to begin with Mm because he's got like 15 jobs already but uh he wasn't he couldn't do it because he kept getting a double exposure on all of his x-rays, which is kind of weird. I and thought you
0: were gonna say like he was getting like orbs or something show up and everything, like <laughs> I can see the ghost inside you. <laughs> it's
1: not a ghost, it's a higher self.
0: Go ahead. <laughs> <laughs>
1: he ends up losing his voice again. Oh. The photo studio ends up burning. Oh again.
0: All the chemicals we talked all about. All the this.
1: chemicals, yeah. right? Flash flash bang stuff. Flash right? bang. Flash bang. And during this downtime, he picks a, He fills a space by doing more readings, even more readings. One of his church people hits him up and is like, hey, have you thought about this? It's like, can we talk to your higher self? Can we talk to the source and see, like, give them a name of an actress and see if you could, if they would, like, do a hit, like, play. <laughs> Our show, and we could pitch it to Hollywood. You know, wouldn't that be fun? <laughs> and Casey's like... Is it
0: the church f- people that but? come up with this? <laughs> yeah.
1: And he's like, okay, we can try. Because he's not really one that's... He's not going to say no unless it's, like, something that's blatantly... Like, just wrong. Wrong. Right? Yeah. Wrong, right? And it's not for him. It's for the other person. And that, that was a big thing, too. And so he... One of th- He goes under and, you know, he gives, I think, like a 450 word kind of like synopsis of, you know, a play or, or a movie. Because that's what they were pitching. That'd They're pitching the a movie. Is that The Wizard of Oz? Is that The Wizard of Oz? <laughs> the Wizard of Oz? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, the thing that his f- so-called friend didn't tell him Uh-oh. is that he had already been in talk with Hollywood. Oh. And he was telling these Halloween people about this psychic that he's friends with that would get him a guaranteed, like, award-winning or, you know, best movie uh, script, you know, guaranteed. Because the guy's, like, never failed. He's Everything, like he says, turns to gold, Mm -hmm. you know, or is healed. And so Hollywood is like so stoked Mm -hmm. and they are like Mm -hmm. all over this. But he doesn't tell Casey this. This is like all, you know, this guy's conniving, scheming stuff. So Hollywood like makes this big deal of it. They have this um, huge thing in New York that's centered around like this psychic doing a Play and oh this kind of deal, and it nothing ever like came of it, like it never went through. But it gave all the press about this about something that Casey really wasn't even involved in. Gave like the Hollywood people like a big boost and attention. It's like mm-hmm. you know, uh, all news is good news, or whatever oh, they yeah, say,
0: yeah.
1: But it never panned out. It did give the studio a boost, and um, of course, it didn't. It didn't benefit the local guy either. So, you know, he got screwed as well as what he was trying to do to Casey. Hmm. So the same guy's like, hey, man, have you ever tried a Ouija board? <laughs> and so he's like, this no. guy's a dick. I know. <laughs> and the guy, you know, Casey was like, Nope. He's like, yeah, let's try that. That's like a big thing that's going on right now. And so he puts the Ouija board and Casey does the Ouija board and it goes fucking nuts. Mm. Like there's so many messages coming in that it, it was hard to keep up with it. Like he was getting overloaded. Holy shit! And uh, one he of the
0: like his own rift in the curtain. He's well, just you know. one.
1: Yeah, one of the people. Mm. Uh, one of the entities, I guess, that contacted him was a a boy from Ohio. Of course, he never heard of mm. that No, that he hadn't talked to anybody about. It's just this boy from Ohio um, said that, you know, my parents think I ran away, but I actually oh. drowned and my body is stuck in the river here. Oh. And so they end up <laughs> like calling or writing to his parents and telling them this. And the parents go and look in the river and his body is like right there oh. where Casey told him. And then another uh, entity, uh, I think I think maybe at this time, I want to say that the war was going on. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm kind of skipping around timeline a little bit. We're not going exactly chronological here. But uh, some of the boys that were killed over there, I think, got in contacted mm. contacted with them. And somebody in town, I think from the church that had died, uh, told him that, he had paid insurance and that Casey forgot about it and that it was like in his drawer and that he needs to take care of it. <laughs> and that was like one of the things it, it's like, he didn't know he didn't forget. He didn't know that the guy had paid mm-hmm. the insurance thing. Cause I think maybe his dad was still doing insurance. I don't know. Mm-hmm. And so yeah, that's funny. this is, you know, the insurance money is there. I paid it. You just forgot. Or I didn't tell you. And, so he, he got hit by a lot of things, but Casey says that the Ouija board is kind of a, it's like, it's some good and it's some bad. Mm-hmm. And he, he didn't he didn't want to do the Ouija anymore because it was some good and some bad, mm-hmm. and it was just too much for him. He liked his sleeping method, which I don't blame him. Mm-hmm.
2: I'm surprised he hasn't done, with his photography, I keep thinking you're going to go into like that spiritualism photography.
1: Mm-hmm. I don't,
2: mm, you know, where yeah, it just but seemed like it, it fit. I, I'm sure it was, yeah, and I know he's not. And so that, and
1: that's yeah, and that's but his, like with
2: his abilities, if he really is contacting these
1: people, his might not. Mm. Be yeah, hoax. you think it would like? Com, it would I would mean, come up like in the photography of him taking like because of the the double exposure from I was gonna the gonna X-ray. Maybe
0: someone should re-examine his X-rays at some mm-hmm. point. Right? You know? right, I'm sure they're
1: far, far gone. But I think I think he's got his like. This is his method. This is what he's comfortable with. Um, they've got it down. I don't think he was wanting to like maybe explore anything else, mm-hmm. or or if he did, it was like a one time thing, like the X ray thing or like the Ouija board thing. So Dave Con, World War Two. I mean World War One starts to happen, like tensions overseas start to happen. World War one's fisting to, to come up. Dave Kahn is like putting together what Casey has told him about that he is, you know, is not gonna be at home because mm-hmm. of something big happening. And he's gonna be in uniform. So he makes mm-hmm. the connection. So he wants to get ahead of it. He he doesn't want to be drafted. He wants to come in like an officer or something mm-hmm. where he's in the higher ranks. So he goes ahead and joins up instead of getting drafted and becomes a recruiter. So he's talking to Casey and again, he asked Casey to go under and, you know, ask him, is he on the right path for this? And Casey's like, no, he's like where you're at right now is, is a dead end. You, you don't need to do that. What you need to do is you need to go to this place and meet with this person and they're fisting to do army officer training camp and you need to get in with that and he told him where to go um the person to look for so um Khan goes and does that and he's like he's like look i'm interested and you know he's like i know your training camp's fixing to start and the guy's like whoa <laughs> he's like where did you hear that uh. he's like nobody knows about that he's like where did you hear that and so he kind of explains, you know, his circumstances. Oh, oh he doesn't explain this. He doesn't because Army, you know. You don't they, was, they, they don't want to tell He doesn't want to tell him. who sleeps mm-hmm. and talks in his sleep, you know, kind of deal. And that would kind of sound like, you know, Casey was a spy or a traitor. And he said it was
0: the Indians.
1: And so he's like, oh, I just heard it from some guys
0: and the guy in was a bar. in
1: a bar so yeah the guy kind of like oh okay so he gets in to be um an army officer and he goes to this training camp and um while he's overseas of course you know he's still talking to casey and they keep in contact and he's dave is like like a third of casey's uh followers or supporters come from dave Cause Dave is like one of his biggest cheerleaders. So he's telling these people, um, cause he's, he's constantly asking Casey about certain things and certain predictions and they would come true. And they're like, where are you getting your intelligence? And he like, he tells them. And so, uh, the Italian consulate, uh, person, uh, you know, says like, Hey, will you ask him to do this and so like so he's getting this following from overseas that's happening and even like this italian royalty contacts casey and he does a reading for her overseas and everything's true and so they were like all like <gasps> so about this time casey gets a visit from the people in dc <laughs> mm-hmm. cuz they're like how come you know things Mm -hmm. how come this southern bumpkin and selma alabama knows of very specific things going on overseas that a lot of people don't know like this top secret stuff and so uh he gets like an audience with woodrow wilson and does readings for him like in 1920s and stuff and this is like after That's
0: fucking cool i know <laughs> this guy has met everybody
1: um and he does a reading medical because uh woodrow just had a stroke ah and um and he like he's trying to like give him uh, you know medical advice but something kind of shifts to with um with his telling so it's not just as time progresses, it's not just the questions being asked by like the moderator that helps him with his um, whole trance thing. The source starts giving more information. Mm. And so one, some of the information that I want to say sheep, but it's not with well, some mm-hmm. of the, some of the, or I don't know, uh, the source starts to say is um, you need to make sure that when uh, Woodrow Wilson sets up the League of Nations, which is like this intergovernmental organization uh, after the war, that um, to help maintain peace, like you've got to get, make sure that he maintains this and that the American people are like 100% behind it. He's like, Mm. if they are not, then there is going to be more wars Ooh. soon. It
2: was a long.
1: And so he predicts World War Two. Oh, um,
2: well, yeah, just, because they didn't do that, and yeah. Germany stayed in poverty and hopeless, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And that was the rise of Hitler mm-hmm. and the Nazi Party was because of the devastation of World War One, mm-hmm. right? Well, so which not the only reason, but you know, it was right. uh, it was a breeding ground for this kind of nationalism, to, mm-hmm. like
1: right. And so, effectively, he predicts World War II because Woodrow was not able to get the yeah, American um, people behind it. Um,
0: and now people are like, and historians know this now. They're like, oh,
2: and so, Edgar Casey said first, no,
1: <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> they
2: didn't say that, <laughs> but yeah.
1: Uh, he's also mm-hmm. like he's also talked to Truman, so Truman heard about Casey Holy as well, shit. and you know he's he's been to Washington, secret stuff. A lot. <laughs> However, during this time in Selma, like 1917, 1920, um, he starts doing more of the prophetic, prophetic, prophetic? Yeah, prophetic. Yeah, mm-hmm. readings. And he he does the the dream. He does goes more into a dream instead of, like, the instant response. Mm-hmm. He goes under sometimes, and he doesn't talk. Hmm. And then you know this is when the source starts giving him more info and stuff and that was the whole thing with Woodrow Wilson mm. so after the war dave comes home dave can comes back to kentucky and he's totally excited cuz of all the things that panned out with casey he's totally like team casey all the <laughs> way and he's like okay this is what we need to do um and this doesn't this wasn't necessarily cons idea um, but he was totally on board because Casey wanted to build a hospital where he could do his metaphysical stuff and have doctors there at the hospital oh. that where he wasn't constantly having to prove himself. Yeah. Um, and they weren't constantly looking down on him. So they could just
0: basically. And they could just, the they could just provide says. the treatment yeah.
1: that he mm-hmm. suggests. And so this is his dream. And you know, Dave is like, yes, yes, this is going to happen. It's like, also, I got to get my family out of grocery store debt because they got into debt during the war. So he formed a partnership and Casey was not that big on partnerships, especially after the partnership with his dad and um, Ketchum, who screwed him over. So he's like, I don't know, Mm. but he was a nice guy and he liked Dave, so he's like, okay, we'll just see Uh where this takes us kind of deal. And Dave was all about oil so oil was a big factor in the U.S. winning the war um coming out of World War One. like it gave the U.S. an edge because we had access to Texas oil mm-hmm. and so that's what he said like. it's just like this is what we need to do and Casey's like well I did have some Texans write me and ask where to drill and he's like but I was just I kind of ignored that. So he he went and got the letter and he went under and he um, described, like, the place, like, the layers of sediment. Oh. Uh, he described, like, if there was, um, like, debris or if they hit something. And, you know. This is a dinosaur. He Yeah. He went into, like, a very... Like specific, um, mm-hmm. geological terms for like drilling that only people who in Texas would know, mm-hmm. and he's you know, and he's like, if you do this, you'll hit oil, and so he started times. like predicting these things for you know these people, and so Texas was like, holy shit, it's like come yeah. out here, let's let's you know let's party, <laughs> and so they like wind Texas do. like they do, they wind and dine them and. And Casey and um, Dave formed their partnership, and they bought into it, and they became uh, Casey Petroleum. Oh, like they formed wow, a company, like a
0: real big thing,
1: right? Uh, but they 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 were testing the waters, so, okay. so they joined with these other uh, Texans. And they practically moved to Texas during this time. And I think I talked, I talked a little bit about the whole Texas thing, but I'm gonna go in a little bit more detail. Um so they went to Texas, and yeah, he's like, yeah, if you like drill here, you're gonna like hit sand and then the oil, and then this is how the oil's flowing, and this is the sediment, this is the obstructions, and they were like going, holy shit. Oh. And um, and it worked because it was it was something, and and this is this is kind of gray area. I don't know why the source was like letting the Texans get rich. I know, but he was Texans, not. He, he was not profit. He wasn't profiting from them, but he wanted to profit from the oil for the greater good of his hospital. That was the oh, whole flow. This was the whole way of thinking. It's like if we strike rich with oil, and you know, Dave was thinking, you know where the oil is then what we can do is we can... um, Save more people. You know, we can take, yeah, build the hospital and you can do what what you need to do. But they needed, like, they had no idea. They were, Alabama... Uh, Kentucky, had, they, they were not oil people, so mm-hmm. they had to go and learn the oil business. And so, like, he, like, rolled up his sleeves and, like, worked like an a oil rig person. Oh. Basically. Like, digging ditches, doing whatever needed to be done, sleeping in tents with everybody else, and learning the trade. Well. Oh, by
0: the way, mm-hmm. I did just say, oh, Texans. I'm like, I don't hate all Texans. I just want to make that clear. Though right now I would not yeah, visit Texas, Texas has to save my life. Gone, Texas got some shit politics going on. Oh, and in-
1: infrastructure saying. too. Yeah. Like electrical grid stuff, right? Be nice, Texas. Yeah. That's all.
0: We love you, Texas. I don't. Sometimes. I don't love Texas. I'm sorry. But go sorry. ahead.
1: Love, there's some people I love in Texas. <laughs> yes,
0: individuals.
1: Individual people that live in Texas. <clears throat> okay. Clarify. All right. So... They moved, basically moved to Texas, lived the cowboy life. Of course, where they moved was not a great place. Um, anytime you have money, there's violence, there's mm. swindlers, there's con people, and they were easy targets. So when they're like, when they joined this one group, they partnered up with this one group. Uh, every time that you know Casey was like, "Yeah, the oil's right there," but every time they tried to drill somebody would sabotage mm. the the oils and so or the drills or whatever and so they kept you know things would break and they would need more money and that was the problem it's like you have to have startup money you have to have money to run the things and if it keeps breaking or somebody keeps throwing shit in the hole mm-hmm. then it keeps costing and delaying and more money and um his son comes down uh Hugh Lin comes down and was like really impressed with his dad being all Texas cowboy and stuff and doing the oil thing and he hung out with him um, for a while and he overheard once when his dad went under in a trance for start you know trying to find the oil or trying to predict what happened to whatever was sabotaged one of the people who was guiding him through it one of the last things that he said, and Dave was not there, and Dave's usually the person that does this. <clears throat> he says, and I also need you to agree with everything that I say. And then ended, like, the session. Oh. So he was putting the, he was putting a suggestion into the the session, which was, like, very hokey. And, and he couldn't, like, Casey at this time was, like, all on board with the oil thing. Like, he's gung-ho, you know, these people were going to help him, you know, provide for his hospital and stuff. Mm-hmm. And of course they were double crossing him and being shitheads. Mm. And his son knew that he couldn't go to his dad with this because his dad would like his dad was a softie. His dad was you know, his he just, he wanted to believe the good in everybody. Mm-hmm. One of those people. But he went and told his mom.
3: <laughs>
1: and so his mom, you know, she knew, and she pretty much stayed. You know, I don't think she told him about the incidents, but she was like, look, you need you need to watch out. People are, are swindling you. You need, mm. need to like, not give these people the benefit of the doubt. Um, <laughs> probably could have broke this into two parts. <laughs> 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 because he also like he needed funds, so he went to New York. And he met Harry Houdini. What? Oh, my God. And Harry Houdini was a friend of Arthur Doyle. So he's trying to raise funds. And at this time, Houdini was investigating mediums and spiritualists Mm -hmm. uh, and trying to debunk them Mm -hmm. and expose them as con artists and frauds. And he met Casey and never exposed him as a fraud but then didn't really acknowledge him. Like oh. they met and talked and he like Casey showed him like what he does and stuff. Uh, but there was like no mention, you know, of him and Houdini's reports or whatever. And um, one of the things I found interesting, so Houdini, like he, de- he like debunked like this famous, medium over in france because she like foamed at the mouth and ears and nose and stuff like that and uh said that there are people i didn't know this there are people out there called regurgitators oh no and that during this time and i guess all times really that some of these um you know frauds would swallow snakes and frogs And then during their little performance would regurgitate them and would come up out of their mouth. Like, this is a thing. And I was like going,
0: oh, my
1: God. So he's finding all these frauds. And, of course, Casey wasn't one. But after talking to Casey, and, again, not really acknowledging one way or the other, uh, Houdini created a movie in 1922 called The Man from Beyond. Oh, and it had a lot oh, to do down. with reincarnation and Christian mysticism, mysticism,
0: cool. and
1: uh, had like a quote from the New Testament, like first thing uh, when the movie came, like comes on, which was kind of very suspicious because uh, reincarnation later on in Casey's life becomes like one of the things that he talks about a lot. So it goes back to Texas. This is 1921. I told you we're skipping around a bit. Money's running out in Selma. Uh, Leslie, who is in charge of the photo studio, and this is Casey's dad. His back is hurt, and he's got B.D. Ew. and he's suffering from that. And churches. Like, they know Casey has been gone for a while. So they start the rumor mill. Like, he's got another woman. Oh, my God. And, like, you know, this (sighs) is all that, you know, they hear and stuff. And they quit their old group. And Dave um, and Casey, like, they're legit uh, Casey Petroleum. And they find a new field. And they, like, he goes under in his trance. And they, you know, the source tells them the men to hire and all this stuff and he hires those men, and he knows exactly, he knows where the oil is in this field. He knows it. He knows exactly, like, how far down, what they have to dig through, all of that. So they get started. They finally got the money. They get started, and they hit something, and the drill breaks. (sighs) Or the next day, They leave the hole uncovered or something like that. And somebody throws a fucking tombstone in the hole, like rocks. Somebody inside their camp that he's asked the source, like that they're supposed to be legit. Somebody from the inside is sabotaging because what they do is they lease the land. They don't own the land. So Mm -hmm. they have like so long that their lease is in order to find oil there. And then once they get oil, then they can be able to like pay to release and whatever. I don't know all that much. But um you know bad things just start happening. Like he can he cannot get to the oil. Mm. And um Gertrude and the boys move back to Kentucky for a year because they're having like financial hardship. There's another fire at the studio.
0: Holy shit.
1: Like all this bad stuff starts happening. Mm. Um you know these competing companies are spying on him. And um, they, he thinks or somebody thinks that they're actually like when he he goes and does a reading for where the oil is, that somebody's intercepting the letters and reading and getting to it first. Oh. So all of this bad shit's happening. Um, and he's talking to people or he's talking maybe he, he's friends with other spiritualists and, and psychics and mediums and stuff like that. And he starts to think that. You know, this is God telling him that this just this is not your first purpose. Like Mm -hmm. this is something that you've become obsessed with and that it's not going to lead you to your goal of creating this hospital. You Mm -hmm. need to reassess your situation. And so they pretty much, um, due to insufficient funds and sabotage, they, you know, dissolve the company and they give up on the oil drain. Khan goes up to Denver. He's like, um, he's like an assistant for a lawyer. So Casey goes up, you know, visits uh, Khan and shows the doctors up there. Of course, the doctors give him through, like, the test and that he has to go through with all the doctors all the time. And they want to hire him for like a thousand dollars a month. Um, but he has to wear like a turban and silk robes and they're going to set him up to do like his what? thing, but he's going to be dressed all woo. And he's like, no, that's not my thing. <laughs> that
0: doesn't seem like something that, doctors would ask. So yeah. he's, yeah. he's that, stuck. That, so they have no mm. they have no money.
1: They have no money. Dave is there. Uh, Casey is in Denver. He has no money to get back home. Uh-oh. So he gets a letter from these women down in Birmingham, Alabama, mm-hmm. and they say we would like you to give a lecture,
3: <laughs> and we will pay you money.
1: <laughs> and so Casey's like, "This is strange." She's <laughs> like, you, "You don't pay my way. You don't have to give us any money, but we need like you know two train tickets." So they pay for him to come back down and he, you know, sets up in Birmingham, actually, at the Tutwaller Hotel. Oh, you know, the Tut-Waller. Yeah. And he gives readings after readings, and this is the first time that his sole income has come from his readings. And the people in Birmingham love, like, they cannot get enough of him <laughs> at this time. And uh, they said, look, we will give you $55,000 to build the hospital here in Birmingham. <laughs> so casey goes under in his trance to like to make sure everything like if this is the way that he's supposed to go and you know gertrude's like getting ready to move the kids down to birmingham and everything but two problems pop up first problem is the doctors want uh edgar Casey to get a medical license. He's like, look, I'm not practicing medicine. He's like, I'm giving advice, and other people are practicing the medicine. They're like, okay, okay, we'll let you get around with that. Second, the source said that Birmingham was not the place that he's supposed to build his hospital. Uh Uh, The source said that Birmingham is too commercial. And Mm -hmm. that the place that he needs to go needs to have, the requirement is a large body of water. And I think he's done this um, he's done this trance asking these questions about the hospital before. So he kind of already knew this, but he was just like double checking, I guess. But this time the source told him, he's like, you need to go to a place called Virginia Beach. <laughs> and this is the best place for you to build the, ho- this is where you need to build the hospital. Hmm. And Virginia Beach has this time was like a sleepy fishing village. It wasn't nothing big. So, um... You know, he tells the people in Birmingham, like, uh, he's like, I'm sorry, he's like, I can't build the hospital here. The source told me I need to do it in Virginia Beach in order for it to be successful, um, in order for me to help people, and they're like, we love you, but we're not going to give you money to build a hospital like hundreds of miles away from here. Mm -hmm. So he's like, you know what? He's like, okay, the oil didn't come in. He sells his shares. He's doing readings, um. He's tired. He goes to Selma. Um, His relationship with Gertrude, like, she's put up with a lot. Mm -hmm. Like, she's put up with these rumors of infidelity. She's put up with him, like, traipsing along to, like, Washington, D.C., meeting with presidents, meeting with Houdini, like, dealing with all these uh, Texan vagabonds and, you know, ruffians and stuff like that. And he takes a break and he comes to the conclusion that he needs, he needs to do God's work. He needs to do his, his um, readings full time. Hmm. This is like, this is what he's readings have been like kind of a side thing, but this is like, because of that, he hasn't been able to achieve like this goal of his. So now he's thinking this is what, he needs to do and this ends part two Mm. of um edgar casey in alabama in our next installment uh, we're going to talk more about his meeting with um author lammers who gets him more into the metaphysical truth of his readings and the law of love
0: okay Ooh. Bum, bum. Yay. now i'm like thinking i feel like during the i feel like when i was doing the um the psychic teenager story that um i feel like maybe there was an institute in virginia beach that was listed and i'm like oh is that associated with this it I may be remember. anyway maybe ding, ding, right. ding, ding. We'll, we'll take know. a break give us a, take a spoiler break. do you want more strange south every week we can help you can follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter, and you can join our Facebook fan group, Fans of the Strange South Podcast, to keep the chat going with our whole creepy community. Do you have a story idea for us or a story of your own to share? Email us at stories at Plus, if you join our Patreon, you not only help support the podcast, you get an exclusive bonus episode for every show and a discount on merch. You can find links to all of these things on our website, thestrangesouth.com, along with photos, links, and show notes from every episode, Strange South t-shirts, mugs, and other goodies. See you there.
1: Well, that's only because I talked for 15 hours, I feel like. <laughs> you did, it was so good. I'm I, loving this guy's story. You I know, and, and I it's like like keep on the seeing all me. these
0: connections to other things that we've talked about at in like at different times and mm-hmm. stuff, so it's very cool. Well,
1: he's grandfather new age movement and so. yet how
0: have we never heard of this before
1: how, why is this a new so to us things. thing and he's southerner he's southerner like
0: well he's like super southern he's like from kentucky and moved to alabama oh, he's, all, he's
1: like yeah he's like the whole region he's not like just one he's like the all whole, the things all he the, is south. the south he is the south
0: mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. i am talking about nothing like that
1: Today. Well, that's probably a good break for everybody. <laughs> after all that talking, because I, I don't know if y'all saw my eyes. Like, I started scrolling and I was like, shit, I got like five <laughs> more stories to tell you about this guy. Uh, uh. <laughs> but I
0: like them all.
2: <laughs> I do too. Y'all loved it. I have a Reiki theory about him.
0: Mm. Mm. Oh, that's right, because you do Reiki.
2: I do. Maybe we'll save that
1: for after talk.
0: Oh, let's after talk. Yeah. Okay. I have I have a minor after talk too, so it'll be a good after talk if you do not currently contribute to our Patreon, Patreon, Patreon. It's
1: three dollars a month. It, it is literally less than Starbucks. We
0: are like the cheapest dates. We you can have. are. You have three maintenance. of us. It's a dollar a person. It's <laughs> it's a dollar a each for a bonus <laughs> a episode. Month. Hey, baby. A month, baby. Dollar yeah. each a month. <laughs>
1: And you get you know, us when we have Cheetos in even the... more than this. That's unfiltered.
0: Oh. All right. so That, I... that could be
1: even more possible than I know, now. I... Okay, sorry. Ah!
0: <laughs> Go I ahead. I, I, this is, I mean, it's like you're just drinking tea, but you ain't acting like you just drinking tea. Though. No, it has
2: Elijah Craig bourbon in there. <laughs> <laughs> Small batch. Very expensive. It's nice with this tea flavor. Yep.
0: Okay. I am not talking about psychics or humans. I'm talking about alligators.
2: Oh, Uh -oh. gator, gator.
0: (laughs) It's gator mating season. Oh, it is. So like, I don't even know why I'm talking about this this week. I think just because I was like, I have very little time.
1: Well, you know, there has been a lot of Florida gator stories lately. There have. Like and I Publix. wonder if it's
0: because they're, it's in mating season.
1: Yeah. And I think there was like a Publix and a uh, Wendy's gator. The Wendy's one.
0: I saw that. <laughs> Like
1: making the rounds nationally. Yes.
0: It was the the gator that was chasing two women through a Wendy's parking lot. <laughs> that was, I was like, holy shit. <laughs> this belongs. Yes. <laughs> well, and I like, I, I have special... I wouldn't say I have a love for gators. You know, I'm, I'm, y'all listened to me before. Like I, I have a love for bugs and a lots of weird shit, but I don't have a love for gators. Okay. However, I have like a nostalgia and appreciation of gators because we lived in Orlando (laughs) for several years. We lived in East Orlando And so to get to the Orlando Wetlands Park, which is like, I think it's like 160 acres of wetlands Mm -hmm. and it's got, you know, walks and hikes and all this kind of stuff through it. and you know when we lived there we didn't have kids so we were just like ah outdoors woo
1: all the time do what want to do yes
0: (laughs) anytime and uh we we had two uh, a a couple that we were really good friends with that we would just we'd just you know 15 minute drive run out to the orlando wetlands park and go for a little oh that's fun it's like sandy and you know i mean all these like sandy hiking trails Mm -hmm. constantly walking into like giant orb weaver webs and that's the kind of shit i geek out about you know i was like i like preacher birds and all kinds of like armadillos our friend jason was like can you punt an armadillo like a football like all mm. kinds of fun questions that you get at the orlando wetlands park but um you know there are gators everywhere mm. and that's one of the reasons people go uh you know i mean it's wetlands it's, it's orlando right. swamps it's florida swamps and so it's you primitive. can hear them yeah you know all through the park and it, they when they're not excited <laughs> like they probably are at this time year, they i mean they they croak they're like they giant croak, bullfrogs yeah. Mm. You know, I mean, like, and, and you can just kind of look out in the swamps at all times and just see them. I mean, we were afraid of them, mm-hmm. yeah. uh, you know, I mean, it's, it's healthy to have it's, <laughs> good it's a good fear it's, it's to good have. Fear. Stay on the trail. But, um, you know, it's not like we wouldn't go to the park, you know, and, and they were very cool to see, right. you know, you would always get close enough where you could kind of see them with your camera. This was pre-phone camera for me, I think. Um but you would get just close enough where you could maybe distinguish them from the log they're on, you Mm -hmm. know, and take a shot and then like run away. All right. So, and our friend Christina, who I I think still listens to the show. Anyway, she's, she's a great friend. She's a wonderful person. And um, she taught us that uh, the, uh, what is it? The tradition or, or what they tell you to do if a if a, a gator starts to chase you, you have to run in zigzags. And I yell that Courtney's heard me do this a billion zigzag, times. Zigzag, zigzag, I always zigzag. say, zigzag, zigzag, zigzag. Because apparently, it's like the whole thought that like because they're long and kind of unwieldy, like they can't make those turns. You know, they can't. Right. So it'll slow them down. Um. Anyway, so we just always used to yell, run in zigzags. Anyway, so I uh, like alligators. It's like part of my history. I like. And um, thanks to video and phone like phone video internet culture we get like the Wendy's alligator right and the public's alligator and like there was the post office alligator not that long ago that was like he oh just, yeah I remember that there was like the 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 door like the sensor door when he just walked <laughs> up and he accidentally opened it and then he got <laughs> stuck inside the post office and um <clears throat> did this was uh, last year during one of the hurricanes in Naples, Florida. There was, like, a 13-foot alligator video going across a golf course. I don't know if you remember seeing this, but I saw it.
1: I, yeah, I remember it. it yeah. Because
0: they called it, like, the monster gator. Right. Because he was – it. he wasn't, like um, – he wasn't like scooting like they mm-hmm. do sometimes, but he was lifted up Ooh. off the ground, like marching across the golf. Right. Walkers, and he looked massive. Right. and Terrifying. Yeah. Um, and you know, there's always like the annual guy fights gator to save his dog story. I mean, these they're are in all... everybody's
2: pools. You yes. Can get they're, in there and pool. they're in your the pool.
0: And, um, so, uh, <clears throat> there was one story I ran across was, um, and this was this year in April. Um, there was a, there was a gator who was killed at, uh, the Adisto river in South Carolina. Some, some of our friends recently went vacationing there, but, um, they, they took this gator. It was a, I think a 12 foot long alligator, which, I mean, I I get if, if you put the picture of the alligator to it, it's just, it's a very frightening size of creature. Right. Yes. Um, So I'll put, you know, if you go on the show notes, The kayaks
2: foot. we use are nine feet. Yes. Okay, so if just you kayak, think about picture that. that. Mm-hmm.
0: Twelve yeah. foot is longer than my van. The twelve foot right. kayak is like the big. Um, and uh, so I mean, the, his windy. head is just um, monstrous. I mean, his head mm-hmm. is huge. So anyway, they um, he had been killed at the Edisto River. These uh, the people who had shot him took him to this um, Cordray's processing and taxidermy, and they have a Facebook page where they because they they sell the meat and they do taxidermy for deers and gators and turkeys, all kinds of stuff. And inside this, they don't normally like take the check the insides of gators, but Mm. for some reason in this case they did. They like looked in his stomach. How could this big as fuck? Yeah, I mean it's (laughs) huge, right? So the inside they found five dog tags, like not not human dog tags, but like tags from dogs, like identification tags.
1: Oh my god! One one jacket
0: from a bullet, one spark plug. A bunch of turtle shells, some bobcat claws oh, in his stomach. God. So two of the dog tags that they pulled out of this dude were still legible, and one of them had a phone number that still worked. So they called the people on these two dog tags, and this one guy had lost his his deer dog, his his hunting dog, oh, twenty four no. years ago. <gasps> this this gator had eaten his dog. 24 years ago, oh because he was God. leasing hunting property in oh. that area at the time, and his dog had gone missing, and he just, you know, he didn't yeah. know what happened to it. So, I mean, these are he could have assumed wow. that that's what happened to it. I, I'm right. sure. I think yeah, I'm that's sure like a, an assumption
1: that a lot of people have. I mean, it like, well, it like, gator we know I was getting hit yeah. by the car. They're yeah, missing. Exactly. They're
0: probably on the side of the road. <laughs> we, yeah, we we make assumptions, mm-hmm. and in Florida, one of the assumptions you the make, Iter got it. But this one was South Carolina, anyway. But so like when when gators they make the news when they do stuff like this, right? Mm-hmm. And and the rare gator attack, it always makes the news. Like I the they mentioned this in a lot of the things that I found and I remembered this immediately in 2016 at Disney. Oh
1: yeah. There was well, a t- there was a 2-year-old
0: that was pulled into mm-hmm. one of the resort lakes. It was the mm-hmm. Grand Floridian and mm-hmm. um you know, he had his you know, he'd waded into the water at, at nighttime at the lake yeah. at dusk and you know it was marked no swimming now it wasn't marked there are
1: gators here but he's a 2 year old he can't read no
0: he can't it his his folks
1: It's his folks might have
0: had yeah. yeah but you know i we've all had toddlers i ain't judging yeah i'm not so, yeah they
1: have run off and like you've had 10 heart attacks cuz exactly you're right because you can't keep up no with the 2 year old with the 2 year old that's full on speed <laughs> no way yes
0: so like there's no a, judgment. you know if you those of you who are from Florida, you know, in every it, it, practically every subdivision in certain areas of Florida, you've got a pond in the middle of every like group of houses, right? You've got pools all over the place. And in nearly every pond, there's an alligator. Um, there was an ecologist at the University of Georgia. um who is he's he's an alligator specialist he's tagged a lot of florida gators in his research he said um and this was a bbc article that it is reasonable to assume that any body of water in florida has at least one alligator in it Mm-hmm. and they're scary. And it's like, at first I was like, oh, why are people scared of gators? And I'm like, because I'm fucking scared of gators. Like right. everybody's scared of gators because they're 3000 pounds per inch of pressure in right. their jaws. You yeah. know? I was scared of why. them at
2: Defusky Island. Like, yeah. believe me, we were looking for them. We didn't go out at night looking for them. Well, like we said, we were going to, they yeah. said, you can see their eyes. If you shine a flashlight out. In the... Yeah. And like, you I know, saw a bunch
0: of babies. So and, I knew and, there were mommas oh, around somewhere.
1: There's Yeah. yeah they're dinosaurs yes mm-hmm. that's what i
0: have that in here i was like yes, they are dinosaurs. dinosaurs 35 million years ago alligators existed that's no accident just like they exist right now survival like, of the fittest yeah, they're thinking. still here
1: a fucking cougar <laughs> in his gullet <laughs> like right
0: this is why we
1: fear them this is like if if a cougar it's a respect yeah cannot Take on an alligator, mm-hmm. then, like, your soft, fleshy meat body is yeah. like. <laughs>
0: uh, we are pretty weak as people. land. Oh, I mean, yeah. we're like little naked mole rats running around <laughs> yes. on the land.
1: Mm-hmm. Tasty. And it's soft <laughs> morsels. Tasty.
0: And they have such sharp teeth. And uh, yeah, it's like they, uh, you know, I remember learning about like crocodilians <clears throat> because. Crocodile Dundee came out. I right. Kid. So I like, yeah, I, I spent my entire time in Florida. We would constantly like, wait, alligators have the long nose or crocodiles have the long nose? I mean, it's like we always got them mixed up and everything right. like that.
1: Right. Well, we don't have crocodiles. We have alligators.
0: We have alligators. Right. We have the, the American alligator. There is an American crocodile.
1: Mm-hmm. Oh, I didn't. The smaller, though. Isn't it?
0: We generally have the American alligator. Yeah. That, is, that is our dude but like you know you know you've got crocodile dundee i learned about the death roll from mm-hmm. crocodile dundee because the alligators also do the death roll that right. the crocodiles do which is they horrifying like, They'll chomp you and then they'll drown you by right. rolling you around underwater. or
1: tear your arm off or something
0: which you know what's his name whose name i've forgotten in crocodile dundee tells that with like a really impactful music interlude behind him and he's like a deep voice like and then they take you down <laughs> underneath and they roll and roll and roll it's everything i people read went
1: into the water <laughs> Five came out <laughs> every
0: time i read anything about alligators i said it in an australian accent in my head
1: <laughs> i was like oh Australia. okay go ahead australian accent i know it. no i
0: cannot even my siri talks in a male australian accent because i think that's hilarious and mm-hmm. cute but um no and then there's like steve when you know we've all got we've all got our thing right but were you gonna say something courtney you look like you're gonna add something no, I just wondered where
2: the crocodiles primarily are. Uh, uh, I knew I I should have no. looked that up. I'll Google it. Don't worry.
0: I should have looked it up. I I'm think also that...
2: buying this book that Jen keeps sending us about the oh, witchcraft cocktails. Witchcraft yeah. cocktails. Oh, yeah. We yes. need that book.
0: Um, So, yeah. It, it's kind of like a... I think the fear of alligators for... Maybe for a lot of people, but for me, is like this... The man versus nature thing really gets deeper into your head than some other things you know it's like with sharks it's the same thing oh yeah like people get killed you know, by something primal and it's like your food yes you
1: are food and there, there's there's, n- there's, there's no. something really
0: psychological about it like, is that and so we kind of grab onto it and it makes us more scared oh right? yeah nobody ever wants to go camping with me i would say like it's because everybody else is afraid of all the things everybody's afraid of bears and panthers and we're all afraid of all this shit
1: but i think it's a healthy fear
0: i think it's a healthy fear i think think it it keeps some people
1: alive
0: yes and the people that it doesn't keep well yeah i don't know but um you know so like us, like you said, you know, dinosaurs are also like, or alligators are also like dinosaurs. You know, there, there's something special about them. So I started kind of looking into how long have we been scared of dinosaurs? When did we find out? Or Jesus, alligators, not dinosaurs. This is bourbon. <laughs> and so, in the 1700s, there was a Philadelphia naturalist. His name was William Bartram, and he used some serious creative license to describe the American alligator in the most popular description of the American alligator that existed in like in scientific, you know, writing in what year Seventeen hundreds. Um, yeah, it was 1774. Oh. He was right. I know this is a long time ago. Well, it's before we were the United yeah. States. I know because America. he was, he was, um, or whatever he river. was in the St. John's river and, mm. And he was traveling through, you know, Florida. Florida. Mm-hmm. And it was a four-year expedition. He had been like...
1: Um... yet?" Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Anytime I have to think about the date that the nation started, I automatically go to Hamilton. Uh-huh. <laughs> start singing. I know. <laughs> 1776. And this guy,
0: I feel like there was like a British Quaker or something who had funded this natural exploration that he was doing and so he was like in a canoe or whatever going down the saint john's river Mm -hmm. and he was at the i guess the end of the expedition anyway so they're down there and you know one day they've they've stopped in florida he's like standing kind of on a bluff and he's looking down at this lagoon and it's like 100 yards away this lagoon and he starts hearing this like massive ruckus and i'm there's a um National Endowment for the Humanities article that is called William Bartram's man yeah. Monster, which is where I got a lot of this and these quotes, but so he he's, looks down and he sees these two alligators fighting and he, he keeps on, it's funny because in his writing, I swear to God, he like interchanges alligator with crocodile, so I guess he's like familiar with crocodiles maybe and just
1: it looks similar, <clears throat> so he doesn't really know. I yeah. mean, he's, he's from the north mm. and he's in Florida, Yeah, like, I mean
0: I mean, he, and he is like trained scientist and everything, but he takes, obviously <laughs> takes a few, you know, liberties, liberties with yeah. this story. So he says, this is one of the quotes from his, he said, behold him rushing forth from the flags and reeds in the 1700s. <laughs> His enormous body swells. Oh, shit. <laughs> his, his plated tail brandished high floats upon the lake. The waters, like a cataract, descend from his opening jaws. Oh, Jesus. Clouds of smoke issue from his dilated nostrils. <sighs>
1: Drama. The earth
0: trembles with his thunder. Thunder? So, yeah, I mean, it's like... he's to the
1: alligator. I know. He says, like, the entire
0: forest is, like, shaking because of this like, argument. Like, 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 like
2: dinosaurs, but like, bit, like dinosaurs. a T-Rex. Yes. <laughs>
0: And he has like little Jurassic drawings Park. in Boom. the book that he published of, no, with the waters going. Boom. Brr, yeah. brr. Um, so he has drawings of these alligators that and they're it's weird because they're actually sort of cute because, you know, how the, the, the alligators face is like not even remotely humanoid in real life. You know, it's right. like it's elongated. It doesn't have like a, a jawline. He's drawn them with this kind of cute, like humanoid head almost where they've got a jawline and they've got like a skull oh, dome God. above it's kind of it like it does those, not look like an, know, like an
1: it's like those art history drawings where the horses are really faces <laughs> yes, of people it's, but it's, it's supposed terrifying. it's like a horse and mm. you're like has the painter ever have, have they ever seen a horse
0: because <laughs> they like, must look sort of like us <laughs> right we are the center of the universe. <laughs>
1: It's like, oh, I, actually, I think maybe what happened in those instances is they like painted a person and the person that's paying for it is like, fuck them, get them out. And they're like, OK, he's a horse. And <laughs> but then we can still tell it's him. Right. <laughs> <laughs> um
0: <laughs> well so he ends up naming this like area battle lagoon to commemorate this battle that he's seen between these two mm-hmm. you know monstrous <laughs> alligators so you know he's supposed to be continuing to travel in this direction um but you know he's kind of trying to settle down for the night and he knows he has to go out and eat and he's you know all he can do is fish mm-hmm. and so He gets in his canoe to fish, and he says a crowd of gators start to stalk his boat.
1: Well, yeah. And so
0: he says, like, I was attacked on all sides. They're trying to knock the canoe over. He says that they're, like, snapping their jaws right next to his face. I was like, dude, if they Mm -hmm. were doing that, you would fucking be, like, your skull would be crushed, right? Um, It may seem that way. So he tells this really dramatic story about, like, them attacking his boat, roaring, belching floods of water over him. And um, it says he managed to... (laughs) The article said, he managed to fend off the attack, catch several trout, and safely return to (laughs) camp. So later, even later that night, he's got all these alligator experiences listed in like one day. So Mm -hmm. later that night, he sees a gator feeding frenzy that he says is so thick that he could like basically walk across their heads to the other side like Mm -hmm. they do in cartoons. Like Pitfall? uh, Pitfall, yes! That's what I was thinking of! (laughs) And, um, which actually may be true, you know, I mean, right. that, it, yeah.
1: I don't know. I wouldn't try it, but no, be, like, I wouldn't try just... it,
0: but they could have been that many. Right. And then the next morning he he has to leave through this lagoon that he saw this battle in. And he says a huge alligator rushed out of the reeds with a tremendous roar, came up and darted as swift as an arrow under my boat, emerging upright with open jaws and belching water and smoke that fell upon me like rain in a hurricane
1: Ooh, it's like dragon smoke
0: i know it's he's talking about dragons right so these were supposed to be like a naturalist's accurate depiction of alligators yeah and it, you know, but the
1: publishers love them. They're like they this did. shit's going to sell.
0: And so there's, it's really unclear how much of this actually. Ha- I mean, he obviously did see these creatures, and he did right. study. He wrote other things about alligators. Some of it's correct, some of it's not. Right. And so there, it's not really clear how much. Like he also kind of makes it sound like he's the only person there, which mm-hmm. isn't the case. Like right. he's with a group of people. Right. And so you know, he's obviously he's just not totally telling the truth. But there's still Imagine arguments that. about how much of it is real Mm -hmm. but um the thing is like gators aren't we all know alligators do not spit smoke no you know and the the big question is are they that ferocious aggressive because that's been the thing that like has been the hardest thing to to debunk with all of his stuff is how aggressive are they and Mm -hmm. are they are they man-eating dragon monsters right um
1: did he get like in the middle of like an Alligator orgy. Like is it, <laughs> it mating season? Was this mating
0: season? This is it. I mean it's
1: did the canoe look like a lovely female uh, alligator. If he had
0: not painted the bottom like a long eyelashed alligator <laughs> right. with a pink bow, it mm-hmm. would not, or whatever, you know. So um the reality like that that scientists see now, they 2016 when this you know toddler, this this tragedy happened right. in Disney. There had only been 383 total um, gator attacks in Florida since, like, the 1940s. Only 23 people had ever died. I think only 24 people to this day have died in the entire United States from alligator attacks. Wow. So, like... You're more likely to be attacked by a shark. Than I was going to say, you're mm-hmm. probably
1: get eaten by a shark, more yeah. likely. Yeah. Well, you're
0: more likely to get bitten by a shark, but mm. a gator is more likely to fucking kill you. Oh, yeah. Um, But um, you're still more likely to die of a lightning strike in Florida mm. than a gator or, a, or a, a, a bicycle shot, I mean. accident, for God's uh, yeah. sake. Oh, a for gator sure. Attack. But or we're get- not, like, terrified of those things. Well, <laughs> falling in your shower,
2: of. people. Yes. yes. Accidents in the home. Right. Number one cause of yeah, accidental death. Number one death. cause
0: of accidental death, but um, so when you factor in like how many people are in like places where alligators live, they're everywhere. Yeah, there are about like point oh six attacks. One of the resources they're that all I up in Mississippi for yeah. every one hundred thousand people. I mean, it's like teensy, right? Um, <clears throat> so like. They're apex predators, but they don't like people and they're afraid of people. And so they've and you know what they're also like super smart. This is one thing I didn't I I kind of thought that they were just like eating monsters, you know. And the thing is, is like how much did this Bartram report impact what we actually think about alligators? Right. Because so many people relied on it for such a long time. Mm. Did it just like kind of enter the public consciousness as a falsity that we kind of hung on to? But they um They some their alligators are the first reptiles to be reported as using tools. So they will go underwater and get branches and and twigs and balance them on their heads, and they'll go to the surface. So, and they will lure birds down to grab the twigs so that they can jump up and. Get the birds, wow! Because it, during nesting season, the birds will go down to the surface of the swamps and pick up twigs and things like that to make well, nests. I and mean, so they figured out. I've they been alive. Would, I, yeah, yeah. I never. Yeah, <laughs> man, they should actually. Probably. I mean, maybe they are like them and dolphins. They should probably right? like nest. Yeah, us by yeah now. they should. Yeah, dolphins should. <laughs> <laughs> don't let the and dolphins and the alligators
1: like join <laughs> up because uh, then we're <laughs> fucked. God,
0: see now this is our prophecy. <laughs> Just in a couple of years, you can come back and listen to this on your gator phone. <laughs> but so i kind of came away thinking like I'm, I'm still afraid of alligators oh yeah but they're also kind of cool but the one thing they're definitely not is racist but they are connected <laughs> with some seriously racist shit so here's kind of part two of oh this alligator God. story God. Racist alligators what no, alligators are not racist but there's a story that alligators are racist. are
2: racist so there is okay guns don't kill people people kill people
3: kill
0: people alligators aren't racist <laughs> people are racist <laughs> exhibit one for this section exhibit of our story one. is Good. the snollygoster
1: <gasps> that sounds familiar so
0: well here's the thing
1: that sounds very familiar Wait. this is
0: not to be confused with a snallygaster which was a cryptid that was found around the 1910s same time as the snollygoster in Maryland and DC which was like a bird dragon. Yes. And it had like big wings and claws and like kind of like a, a like serpentine mouth or like a octopusy mouth. It was very Lovecrafty, I think. Mm-hmm. And it had one eye in the middle of its forehead. And it, w- it screamed like like train whistles. <laughs> so this is a Snallygaster. Okay. This is not what we were talking about. Highly confusing. Very. I think we should reconsider our naming. Yeah. A n- mm-hmm. name. <laughs> this is the Snallygaster. And um, so this appeared in the book Fearsome Creatures of the Lumberwoods by William Cox that was produced in 1910. And um, they said that it's in Lake Okeechobee, Florida. That lumberjacks and woodsmen would tell the story of this animal known as the Snollygoster. And they said in this book, it looks like a huge crocodile, which they probably mean alligator Mm -hmm. because that's where they have alligators. Right. But it has long fur, glossy fur, it says, no legs, no fins, except for one long spike on its back. And on the end of its tail are three bony plates, much resembling the propeller on a steamboat. These revolve at a terrific rate, driving the animal like a torpedo (laughs) through the mud. And they also serve other purposes because when a snollygaster catches a person, it tosses the victim up and backwards to impale the victim on its long spine on the back (laughs) of its on its on the spike fin
1: their testicles
0: and then fails <laughs> his testicles on the <laughs> spike fin testicle
1: piercing and T- then it's
0: testicle <laughs> piercing injury. and then it <laughs> says misery. so it can like it can like it says specifically says that it can throw several people onto its spike at a time until it has enough to eat
1: oh Okay, it's like those those donut rings that you played with as yeah, a kid. That exactly. You just like, you How know. many can
0: you fit on your pinky finger? Right? And Or like a kebab? I don't know. Right. But the Snollygoster's tail is then driven into the mud and revolved until a hole is scooped out, and the victims are scraped off of the spike and tossed in, whereupon Jesus. the Snollygoster beats them into batter what? with its rapidly revolving propeller and inhales them
1: what it's like a mixer like it is it is
0: it's like a a like blender blender it is ridiculous is it not? is this not the most ridiculous story you've ever heard blender now listen notable in this telling are that the three descriptions of victims of the Snollygaster in this less than one page telling are all epithets for black folks that the snollygoster is super racist and likes to eat only black folks and there are no recorded sightings of course of this cryptid beyond this page in the book and like it's also followed by an entry on the leprechaun so you know i mean this was eh, some dude was saying this shit right and the thing is this whole racist alligator idea is like it seems to have created this critter story from like a sad reality because alligator bait was actually a nickname for black children mm. in like yeah. in Florida in like the
1: turn right. of the century. Right.
0: And so well,
1: I'm sure it's,
0: have you heard, have you heard this before? Yeah. I've heard, I've Courtney, heard have that you news. heard this before? Mm-mm. Okay. So I, I even, no. I was at the zoo this weekend and I was talking to, um, you know, a family member who was there with me mm-hmm. and we were talking about the alligator that they saw. And, you know, it was, we were there on Juneteenth and we were kind of in the middle of like kind of a wide ranging discussion started talking about this, but I, I actually read this article from the undefeated, which you'll find on my story page after this, when I was looking for stories for the Grunch that I told, like it was like the beginning, the opening for my testicles episode, right at the beginning. Oh. of that pandemic. Oh. <laughs> And, um, and I found this <clears throat> article then because the grunge was like an alligator, like creature, you know, and, and this article just happened to come up. And it's this list of it, the, the article's name is the gut wrenching history of black babies and alligators. Mm. And it's from, it's from a, a journal called the undefeated. And when I first saw it, all the stuff that I looked up, the first hits that I got were like, this is a myth. This isn't real. But this time I looked up the newspaper articles that it referenced mm-hmm. and they're all in the fucking newspapers. Okay. So, I mean, I don't think it's fake. Um, but there was a 1908 Washington Times article about a New York zookeeper who was trying to get his 28 gators from their winter enclosure to their new reptile house tank. And these the two black children walked in to the reptile house to kind of look around. And it said he pressed them into service by getting him, getting them into the reptile house tank and using them to bait the alligators to come from their winter enclosure into that tank. And it's in the Washington times. And, you know, it's not spoken of with any kind of. Used
2: it to bait, bait, but he, they didn't buy them, but he was like, get in there and walk out. Yeah, yeah. Okay. They to basically lure. They had were them lures. stand there
0: to lure the alligators into the new tank. And this, this also, this doesn't just happen in Southern papers, by the way, like Northern papers cover this with the same disgusting language Mm -hmm. as all the other papers cover it.
1: Oh, no, no. I mean, yeah, it's It's, it's a whole US. Oh, 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 actually, it's a whole world problem. It is. It's a whole world problem. It's not specific. Although.
0: Well, and it is 1902 St. Louis newspaper about a parade float about life in Louisiana had a giant paper mache alligator with a a black child in its mouth. I mean, like there's a 1923 article talking about how black babies were used for gator bait in the swamps of Chipney, Florida, and they and it described like they're fine this is the tone of this article Mm. nobody ever hurts them they're just fine i mean they're just Mm. happy and giggling they're playing in the sand we put little naked babies in the shallows of the water and we have like five riflemen there so they're gonna shoot the alligators and the baby just gets pulled out giggling and happy Mm. so we call bullshit on all of this bullshit right and but these articles all have this like disgusting sick language and jokes about how black children are tastier than white children to alligators so i would like to say humans of the early 1900s mm-hmm. um, fuck well, you right? you suck alligators are not racist people are racist right and like what the living fuck is wrong with- people. Uh, so, know. gators are generally not dangerous to humans, racists are dangerous to humans. Mm-hmm. Um, you can follow basic rules to coexist with gators. <laughs> like stay out of shallow lagoon areas. Don't in the South United in the southeast, States, avoid they... Florida.
1: Yeah, avoid Florida.
0: Don't feed them. Don't get in any water in don't Florida. Don't get in water in Florida. <laughs> don't feed the alligators anything. Don't throw things at them, you asshole. Don't keep them as pets. Don't oh. take your pets clean Closer to than 10 feet to the edge. Right. Coexisting with racists is a lot harder than coexisting with alligators, to be perfectly honest. Exactly. Um, oh. And that's what I meant by this is lighthearted-ish, because every time I find something lighthearted, fucking gets ruined. <laughs> Racist. <laughs> Racist fuckheads.
1: Exactly.
0: So um I don't like alligators. I still don't like alligators. Um, but alligators have like a very complicated history that there's no fault of their own <laughs> just keep this in mind right if you were not already aware um yeah but i do have an after talk about how to escape an alligator Ooh. should you fail to follow these very important exactly rules. Uh, I think that's that that's what I got was
1: very interesting. Yes. I don't even know how I feel like the whole intelligent like when you said like alligators are intelligent I've never really thought about it so now I'm going I know hmm I need to like find out how intelligent I don't They've want that to be intelligent.
0: But... I don't want alligators well, to no. know how to trick things
1: no <laughs> so no.
0: but I will say. All the time that I spent in that park, and we went there a lot, Mm -hmm. we saw tons and tons of gators and never felt in any danger. Right. Like, if you don't get...
1: But yeah, if you're not, like, trying to wrestle it, then, you know, or go swimming with the gators, then, yeah.
0: Though, you know what's interesting? I may come back to this in a future uh, episode, because, uh, you know, I was looking at, like, what about folktales for alligators? What Mm -hmm. about, like, our, you know, totems, or, you know, interesting stories about you know beliefs about alligators right and one of the things i found was that um the seminole nation i
1: was gonna say what does native americans say about? yeah
0: in the seminole nation in florida though there's you know the gator wrestling you brought up gator wrestling Mm -hmm. well the gator wrestling thing actually appears to have started with the seminole nation like the native american people's um, hunting them because a scarcity of other things to hunt right. because of the number of people that were kind of encroaching on territories and stuff like that and changing the way that the wildlife was moving mm-hmm. and so when people started going down to florida they would see Seminole people wrestling gators in the swamps because in florida like all the roads like it wasn't that long ago. All the roads were just like right through swampland. I mean, it right. was just swamp. Right. And Disney so they would people, yeah. Disney, Disney World is, is built on
2: a swamp, by the way. Yeah.
0: And so they would they would see Native Americans wrestling gators and think that it was being done for their entertainment and like throw tips out the window of their cars for people who were actually just you know trying to hunt. Like mm-hmm. <laughs> oh shit. And so, but that ended up like a lot of the gator wrestling stuff is like was learned and done and passed on by seminal native peoples and i haven't studied that that much so i hope i'm not wrong about it but um well, anyway i'll be listening to into it for future
1: yeah all right thank Ta-da! you so much thank you good show oh. all right thanks everyone for listening we appreciate you so much and um If you want to listen to the After Talk of the show, uh, go to our website, thestrangestouth.com, and click on um, becoming a patron, and you'll be, like, introduced to all of our After Talks. 86 of them now, right? Shenanigans. Shenanigans (laughs) that happens. Um, But if not, we appreciate you listening, and we will talk to you soon. Bye. Bye. Bye.